singing Born to be Wild. Suzanne? Is that true, Richard? <laughs> but in my college days, I was sort of that. And in my troubled times, I would sit down at the piano and I would play this song, but I would use different words. And then when I got radically saved by Jesus, I kind of said that this song got saved with me. You'll recognize it. Sing along.
your presence is here in the midst of the smoke and the leather and the bikes and the people who have gathered here this morning. God, we thank you for your presence, but most of all, Lord, we thank you for that amazing grace that's available to every single one of us here. Father, we're not here by accident this morning. We're here because we've been drawn to be here by you. And so, Father, we thank you. We praise you. And we give you the glory for everything that's going to happen here today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Biker Sunday. You guys doing good? Well, hey, we are so glad to have you. Why don't you guys pull out your cell phones right now, snap a picture, check in on Facebook. Post it on Instagram, Twitter, whatever you want to do. Just say, hey, you know what? I'm at Salem Fields Community Church this morning, and I am rocking out on Biker Sunday, worshiping Jesus. And so that small little thing can make a deep impact, so I want to encourage you guys to do that. Uh, also, uh, if you are a guest with us, welcome. We are so glad to have you here at Salem Fields Community Church. There is a banner as you came in. Uh, I don't know if you missed it. It says, first-time guests stop here. As you leave church today, we want to encourage you to stop at that table. We have a free gift for you. And there should be somebody there that can answer any questions that you might have about San Fields Community Church. And then hopefully you also got a program as you came in. Inside there is a connection card. There's going to be some buckets that come by during this next song. Just drop that connection card in there. It's uh, just a way that we can reach out to you, welcome you to the church, and again, answer any questions that you have. So we just want to encourage you to do that. Well, during this next song, we're going to take our tithes and offerings. Is this just another way that we worship God here at San Fields Community Church? If you are a guest with us... Please do not feel obligated to give at all. But if you do give, just give with a cheerful heart and uh, give as the Lord leads you. This is just another way that we're able to give the first fruits back to him of everything that he's given us. And he has blessed us with so much. And so there are many ways that you can give. You can give cash or check as the buckets come by. Go out to one of the giving kiosks out in the lobby. Uh, and you can give debit or credit out there. 
If you are online, just click that little green button in the top right-hand corner, or as always, you can give safely and securely through the Salem Fields Community Church app. Pastor Gay. All right. So I don't know a whole lot about bikes except how to get on the back of one and ride in and hold on. That's about it. But we've got a little biker quiz, and I'd love for bikers to answer this. Uh, or I will choose you like this. Come on, Donnie. <laughs> So go ahead and stand up. We've got some questions, and uh, the other two services have done pretty well. Uh, it really does kind of turn into a guessing game, but here we go. All right. What is the longest distance someone has ridden a motorcycle sitting backwards? Is it 412 miles, 62 miles, or 125 miles? You definitely are a biker, so you should know this. Uh, 62 miles. It seems inconceivable, doesn't it? Okay. You guys look like bikers. So you can stand up. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm playing today. All right, so here's your second one, and you can both do it together. You can uh, get a timeline. Okay, how long is the world's longest motorcycle? Is it 36 feet, 86 feet, or 19 feet? The middle one, 86. Oh. Whoa, you go, girl. Oh, you did? You, oh, so she went with you, right? Oh, good, good choice. Good choice. Do a little marriage counseling. Well, I don't know if you're married, but I'm doing a little counseling there for them. Okay, uh, you, you're smiling so big. Yes, you. So the smile always does it for me. All right, here we go. What is the world record for the fastest motorcycle? 254 miles per hour, 376 miles per hour, or 432 miles per hour? 254. 254. Oh, everybody go, wah, wah. <laughs> okay, a Harley Davidson shirt qualifies to stand up and take a quiz. Okay, so here we go. The Japanese company Toto made a bike that runs on what alternative fuel? Is it recycled garbage, animal poop, or soybeans? Soybeans. Animal poop! <laughs> okay, everybody gets a wah, wah. <laughs> well, that was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> okay, watch this. Watch this. Have you seen the brand new SalemFields.com? The new website features a magazine style design packed with fresh content, including daily articles posted by SFCC's staff. You can expect to see in depth content, including articles to help you grow spiritually, reviews, parenting tips, videos, music, and more. And all of your favorite content is still here. Watch the weekly services live and on demand. Keep informed with upcoming events and announcements, as well as secure giving. So be sure to check out the brand new SalemFields.com today and share with your friends. All right, that's our website. And has anyone checked that out? It's brand new. You can go there, read articles. I read one that Tone wrote, our drummer back there. He found a song that he really loved, and I listened to it, worshiped it. It was really awesome. So go to our website. And I realized after Jody told me that uh, I missed one of the questions. So everybody gets to get in on this one. You can shout your answer when I tell you go. Let's do that. Can we do that, the last one? Can we go back to that? I know I threw them off back in the boot. Okay. What is the, or, what's, what is the origin of the term hog when referring to a Harley-Davidson bike? In the early 1900s, the Harley racing team had a small pig as a mascot. People th uh, thought the Harley engine sounded like a rooting, rutting pig. Or bikers are known to really enjoy barbecue. <laughs> so crowd... So over here is B, over here is A. We've got a nice little competition going on here, so let's see what it is. A! Oh. <laughs> so you guys go, wah, wah. <laughs> All right. Well, this is fun. You know, we started Biker Day back in, I think, 2001, because I had a T-shirt that said 2001. And we did it for 10 years. And we had all the way up to about 350 bikes that would roll in here. And then we stopped doing it. And so this is kind of a renewing and a refreshing 
of Biker Day. And I just thought I'd get my chaps out and retire them this year. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's, it's, it has always been fun to welcome uh, bikers here and just kind of honor bikes. And we're going to do some special things at the very end of the service. But we're doing a series here at Salem Fields Community Church called Choosing Hope. Now that word choosing is really, really important because hope doesn't just all of a sudden fall down on us. It's something that we have to make a conscious choice. But the most important thing to remember as you learn what hope is, is that it all begins with the love of God, the love of Jesus that will never, ever leave us nor forsake us. At the drop of a hat, God might turn us back and move on. A lot of us feel like we blew it, thinking that we're just too far gone. But I want you to know there's still a hope for you now. Now listen to this. No matter To get honest, there's never been a better time to get clean. So come as you are, run to the cross and be free. Well, good morning. 
Welcome to Biker Sunday. It's awesome to be here. You know, one of my three favorite days is Christmas, Easter, and Biker Sunday. And uh, so it's good to have bikers here. I don't know why we quit all those years. We used to do it. I remember one year we had like uh, 300, between three and 400 bikes. And they, everybody was sitting on the stage. And wow, so it's always been a good day. It's a good day again to be in church. And uh, just to appreciate all of you making the effort to come uh, out today and be a part of this. You know, speaking of Biker Sunday, it reminds me of a story I read this week about a biker uh, who, a uh, uh, Harley guy, you know, I know there's more bikes than Harleys, but this is a Harley guy. He got, uh, he went to the Catholic church and uh, he was kind of drunk and, you know, and uh, he had a few tattoos on him and he staggers through the doorway and he sits down in the confession box. Now, uh, and he says nothing. The priest was kind of messed up about that and he didn't know what to say and finally he coughs, <coughs> you know, and he's trying to get the guy's attention and the old guy didn't say a word. And uh, then uh, the, the priest didn't know what to do, so he knocked on the wall. And he thought, well, that'll get his attention. And it was his final attempt for this guy to talk to him and start his confession. And finally, the old drunken biker said to him, hey, no use knocking, brother. Ain't no paper in here either. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, that has nothing to do with, cat, you know, it's just a joke, okay? <laughs> I got another one if you want to hear it. It's pretty good too. It's about this old biker. He's laying on his deathbed and, and he wants to take his Harley with him. And I, you know, I don't blame him. He paid that much money for it. And so he tells his wife, uh, I'm saying wife, but the joke said old lady, but I, I wasn't going there. So he tells his wife to have his bike put on the roof so that he could grab it on his way to heaven. Well, the biker dies. And a few days later, his wife and a few of his old buddies, they came and they still see the Harley sitting on the roof. His wife shouts out, I knew we should have put it in the basement. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I know most bikers will be in heaven. <laughs> but anyway, this guy missed it. Uh, <laughs> a man was despairing of his happiness. And in life, uh, in, in his life, and he climbed up on the wall of the, Brook, the Brooklyn Bridge, and he was about to jump, and this police officer came up and grabbed him by the arm and brought him down off uh, the wall. But the, uh, the, the man was upset, and he said to the guy, to the police, and said, you don't understand how miserable I am and how hopeless my life is. Please let me go. And the officer, he said to him, he said, well, I'll make a deal with you. You take five minutes and you give all your reasons why your life and life is not worth living. And then I'll take five minutes and I'll give you all the reasons why I think life is worth living. Then at the end of the 10 minutes, if you still feel like jumping off the bridge, I won't stop you. So the man took his five minutes and then the, the policeman took his five minutes. And the result was, at the end of the 10 minutes, was... Uh, they, they joined hands and they both jumped off the bridge. <laughs> you see, <laughs> now I'm going to get serious. <laughs> hope is not an argument. It's not an argument. Hope is something that you just know, that you know, that you know, that it's this deep, deep settled peace that you know it is all is well. Well, we're starting a new series and probably Gay said something about that. And uh, choosing hope. That's another thing I like about Biker Sunday. That gay dresses up in that biker stuff. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Thank you for your help there, Chris. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it, uh, that'll suck all the... Anyway. Um, <laughs> it, it's, uh, we're doing a series called Choosing Hope. Uh, and we're going to talk about over the next four weeks uh, what, uh, why, um, <laughs> now I'm all messed up. <laughs> How, why it's hard to keep hope or why it's difficult to have hope during those uh, difficult times in our life. Today we're going to talk about how to choose hope when we can't see God's hand. We're going to talk about seeing God's, uh, how to choose to see God's hope when we can't see God's hand. But first I want to talk about biblical hope. If we're going to talk about hope, we need to understand hope. First of all, I want to talk about what is hope. There was a guy, Dr. Emil Bruner, said, What oxygen is for the lungs, such is hope 
for the meaning of life. He said, take oxygen away and death occurs through suffocation. Take hope away and humanity is constricted through lack of breath. Despair and hopelessness set in. Now, have you ever used the word hope in one, of more, uh, one or more of these ways? Like, I hope I will find a great job. Or I hope my money lasts until I get paid. I hope my girlfriend will go to Lowe's and look at fire tools with me. I hope my boyfriend will go to the new chick flick with me. I hope my marriage gets better. You know, I hope I can pay, or I hope I can buy a new Harley before I die. I hope that my mother-in-law stays for six months. (laughs) I got a little joke about that, but I'm not going to tell it. Uh, Anyway, I'm letting it pass. I hope the hospital gives me a discount on my bill. You see, folks, hope, our hope is usually rooted in other people. You know, our hope is either rooted in ourselves or or, or, our places, or our hope is uh, rooted in circumstances. You you might be surprised to know that 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 is not the same thing as New Testament hope. In biblical terms, hope is closely aligned with faith. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now last week, if you were here last week, Easter Sunday, we talked about a a Christian's hope is a living hope. It comes in 1 Peter says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy. In other words, in God's great mercy, he had mercy on us. Because we're all sinners. The Bible says we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But God had great mercy on us. It says that he, uh, in his great mercy he has given us a new birth, a, start, a new start into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So biblical hope is a living hope. Now hope for the Christ follower is not buried in some grave, in some graveyard. He's not, uh, our hope is not uh, rotting and decaying in a grave. Our hope is a person. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, our hope is not in other people. It's not in circumstances. It's not in uh, ourselves. Our hope is found in a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. And he is alive, and he is well, and the Bible says that he is sitting at the right hand of the Father and talking to God on our behalf. Now, Peter explains that because of the resurrection of Jesus, our hope is a living hope. Our hope is not dead. Biblical hope is a living hope. It's also a certain hope. In other words, it is certain. If you listen to the words of of certainty in verse 4, it says this, "We we will receive the great things that have been promised. Certainty. That that are being kept safe in heaven for us, certainty. They are pure and will not pass away. They will never be lost. You you are being kept by the power of God because you put your trust in him and you will be saved from the punishment of sin, great mercy. You will be saved from the punishment of sin at the end of the world. With this hope, you can be happy even if you need to have sorrow and all kinds of tests for a while. Now those two verses contain certainty, after certainty, after certainty. Biblical hope is a living hope and is a certain hope. Is your hope certain? If what you're putting your hope in today, if it's not Jesus Christ, if you're putting your hope in something else, is it certain? What is hope? It has some, it's something that is necessity. We need hope. I read an article last week on preparing for last week's message that the number one reason that people take their own life is the fact that they've lost hope. They're hopeless. And they feel like that the situation that they're in will never get better. There is no hope. Nothing will ever change. And therefore, they feel hopelessness and they take their life. So hope is a necessity. The Bible says it's certain and it's living. Now that we know what the Bible says about hope, I want to talk to you briefly about how to choose hope when we cannot see the hand of God. How do we have hope when we cannot see the hand of God? A lot of people say, I'll believe it when I see it. You ever heard anybody say that? 
I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe that they'll come to church. I'll believe it when I see it that they'll ever come to church. I'll believe it when I see it that my finances are ever going to get better. I'll believe it when I see it that my marriage will get better. I'll believe it when I see it that I'll, that, that I'll ever kick this addiction, that he'll, he or she will ever kick this. I'll believe it when I see it. And many of us say, you know what, if I, believe, if I see it, then I'm going to believe it. But I don't see it, I won't believe it. But you know, God says the exact opposite. He says you will see it when you first believe it. You will see it when you first believe it. Now, there are many things in life that have to be believed before they can be seen. I can't see the ultraviolet rays of the sun, but I can feel the pain of a sunburn. I can't see them, but I can feel the pain. I can't see the wind but I've seen the destruction of wind. I've seen trees uprooted. I've seen houses flattened. I can't see it, but I've seen the destruction of the wind. I can't see radiation, but it can stop the spread of cancer. I can't see electricity, but if I touch two hot wires, I'm going to feel it. Or when I turn the electric on, the switch on, the lights are going to come on. I can't see it, but it's there. You see, like the stomach bug, we can't see the germ that causes it, but we can sure see the symptoms. Again, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now many of you may not know the name of Maria Runyon, but Maria was a participant in the 1500 meter race at the 2000 Olympics. Now Maria did not win the race, nor did she bring home a medal. Actually, she placed eight. However, Maria bought, uh, brought home something more important than a medal. She brought home a feeling of satisfaction that she had done her best. But here's the rest of the story. Maria was legally blind. Now her vision was so blurred that she couldn't even see the finish line. She could barely see the person uh, racing next to her. But during an interview, Maria was asked this question, how can you see the finish line? She replied, I can't see it, but I know it's there. I can't see it, but I know it's there. And that is, you know, that is a perfect example. Maria is a perfect example of the faith and determination that we need when we can't see God. I can't see God's hand, but I know the finish line's there. I can't see God working in my life, but I know there's a finish line. You know, in life, especially during the tough times, and the dark times in life, and we all go through them, we cannot see the finish line. Our faith, though, isn't tested in the good times. In the good times, anybody can stand and say, hey, I love Jesus, you know, and have a great testimony. But it's in the tough times. It's in those times of, of trials and times of challenge that we ask ourselves, where are you, God? You ever ask yourself that? You know, you've been in a place, you've been praying, 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 hoping, 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 hoping. And you say, where are you, God? And all you hear is crickets chirping. I mean, you know, you pray and you pray and you, and, you, and you just can't see God's hand. And that's when we're left to decide. You know, will we believe anyway? Will we believe when we don't see God? Will we trust when we don't see God? Will we keep the faith when we don't see God's working in our life? Or, we, or will we decide, well, he's not there. You know, forget this Christian stuff. And, and fall back to uh, the way we used to live and, and start listening to all the voices that tell us uh, who we are uh, from the past. Well, today I want to give you five reasons. It says four in your notes, but last night when I was leaving, the Lord gave me another one. And so I, I won't charge extra for this one. So, uh, so four way, five ways you can choose hope when you can't see God's hand. First of all, keep the faith. Keep the faith. Don't turn back. Don't turn your back on God. Don't walk away from the faith. You, you see, to have hope that you cannot see, you must have faith in God. Now, I'm not talking about faith in any old thing. You know, I'm talking about putting our faith in something that's alive and well. I'm talking about putting our hope in Christ. You see, when we put our hope, and we all have a tendency to put our hope in things that we can lose. You know, you say, well, I got hope in my life because I got a big bank account full of money, and I got hope. Well, what happens when you lose that bank account? 
You know, I'm married to the greatest person in the whole world, and I got hope because I know that he or she will always be there for me. What happens when that person dies? You know, I, what happens when things don't go our way? What happens then? You see, you got to put your faith in something you cannot lose. You cannot have hope when you put your hope in something that you can lose. But God has promised us that our hope will never die. It will never fade away. It will never spoil. He was, he is get, we will have mercy. It, God will never leave us or forsake us. He will be our helper in time of need. You see, we cannot, when we cannot see, we still must have the faith that God is in control of our lives and that he has a good plan for our life. Even though it sucks right now, God still has a plan for my life. And it's not just any old plan, it's a good plan. And he's still in control of my life. No matter how bad the situation looks, it's in those times that we need to learn to trust God. And when we can trust God in the hard times is when we grow in our faith. You know, I, I, I've learned that even when I don't understand how things will work out, they work out. You see, I've learned, I've been a Christian for 30-some years. I mean, I got saved when I was four. And, and, <laughs> but I can tell you, over those 30-some years, time and time again, when I have put my hope in God, things turn out to be okay. Often in ways that I couldn't understand, I can't even explain. You see, God's ways are different than my ways and my thoughts. His thoughts are higher. You see, choose to remain faithful when you can't see the finish line. And, there, and there's no relief in sight. The next one, and this is the free one, claim a promise. Claim a promise. As I was leaving last night, a lady said to me, and she was crying, and she said, Buddy, I have trusted. I've held on. I've prayed. I've done everything that I know what to do. And it just came to my mind. Claim a promise. Claim a promise. Do you know in the Bible there's a promise for every problem? There is a promise in the Bible for every problem that we face in life. You know, you've got to claim that promise. You know, right now there's some things I'm trying to break through in my life, in my spiritual life, and in my life. And the Bible says that he who began a good work in me will bring it to completion. God's going to finish in me what he started. You know, there are many times I doubt in my life, but I got a pro I've got a promise that I claim. It's in 1 John. It says, I, uh, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. You know, there's sometimes I'll say, well, I hope, I think, I believe. No, the Bible says, if I believe in the name of Jesus, I can know for certain that I'll have eternal life. You've got to claim a promise. Get your promise book and find your problem and claim that problem. And you look up at God and say, God, you promised. You promised that if I do this, you'll do that. And you claim that promise and you tell God, God, you committed me. I don't know if that matters to him, but it's a good way to say to God, God, I'm claiming your promises. I'm keeping the faith. I'm going to hang in there and believe, God, that you're going to come through with your promises. Okay? That's worth something. Put a little extra in the offering. Uh, anyway, next. <laughs> I'm just kidding about the offering. Kind of. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. It's kind of. <laughs> next, pray. You see, during the anxious times when you don't see God's hand, pray that God will guide you. You know, pray that God will keep you strong. You know, when, when the tough times come, we're tempted to lose hope in the living hope, and we take matters in our own hands, and, and we don't wait on God. You know, and I have found that when I take things in my own hands, and I do things the way I think that I should do things, and I don't wait on God, I usually mess up my relationship with God, and I mess up my relationships with the people I love. And God has a plan for our lives. God give, gave us his word. And in the word, there are guidelines for life. Just like your Harley, I think, probably came with an owner's manual. So when you have a problem, you can go, okay, page whatever, there it is. The Bible, when, when we pray and we hold on that, and know that God is going to come through if we stay true to him you see, so it's during those times that we need to pray to God. We need to pray to God. Jesus himself said, watch and pray. He said, watch 
Watch me. Keep an eye on me and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation, so that you don't fall back, so that you don't give in to the voice of the enemy, but you stay true to God. Watch and pray. Keep praying. Keep choosing hope over and over. Next, don't go it alone. Don't go it alone. Find the support and encouragement of other people. Now I'm talking about other people that have the faith, that believe and, and have kept the faith through difficult times. You see, going through difficult times is hard, but it's even harder when we go through difficult times alone. It's even harder. We need positive people in our life who will support us, who will encourage us to keep the hope and who will share real hope with us when we're going through those different difficult times. That's why it's really important to be a part of a church community. Because in a church community, we're supposed to care and encourage one another. And supposed to help each other uh, and, and helping each other to choose hope when life is not so well. And I'm saying to you today, if you don't have a church, find one. Find a church. I mean, there's lots of good churches in the community. And Salem Fields ain't your church because you don't like bike smoke or <laughs> fake smoke, whatever. Find a church. Walk out of the best one and to find another one. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but don't wait. I'm kidding. Don't wait till you need it. Don't wait until you need a support, until you need a church. Find one today and be a part of it. You see, because I can remember early in my days as a Christian, and I was a mess. I'm still a mess, but I was a bigger mess then. And I can say, we went to a Sunday school class, and I made relationships in that Sunday school class that when I was going through difficult times, I could watch their life. I could talk to them, and they would encourage me to keep the hope. Don't give up, buddy. Don't turn back. And I stayed to faith, and many times Gay would encourage me, don't lose the hope. You see, when we choose hope, our burdens are lifted. And we see our messes not from our viewpoint, but from God's viewpoint. Nothing sucks like going through the times, tough times of hopelessness alone. Finally, choose Jesus. Don't you like those words, finally, choose Jesus? You see, when we choose Jesus, we're choosing hope. We're not only choosing hope, we're choosing a living hope. A hope that cannot die, a hope that is pure and it will never, ever die. It's important that we never forget that we were born again to a new life. And have hope that will never die. This hope is ours because Jesus was raised from the dead. Same verse from the earlier in the message, different translation. You see, we never, we will never, listen to me, we will never experience a living and certain hope. We, will, we might have hope in something else, but it will not be living and it will not be a certain hope unless we are born again. Unless we're born again. Now, you may hear, never heard that term. Maybe you've heard that term. Probably most of you have heard the term born again. And maybe it turns you off a little bit. But you might say to yourself, well, how can I be born again? Being born again happens when you and I, a person, places their faith and trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And since Christ was raised from the dead... You and I, because Christ is alive, he's not dead, you can't lose him, he's not going to walk out of your life, he will never forsake you, he will never leave you, he will be your helper in time of need, and when we, we, can, when we put our trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus from the dead, we can have hope. Since Christ was raised from the dead, you and I can firmly place our trust in God, knowing that, because our hope is alive, and it's certain. The Bible says, for if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God was raised up, that God raised up Jesus from the dead, the Bible says you will be saved. Wow. Now that is awesome. You know, if you was at a football game and your team scored, you'd be cheering. We ought to be cheering when it says that. For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him dead, you will be saved. So the moment you accept Christ's death on the cross for you, that you believe that he died for you and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you are born again. Born again. What's that mean? I get to start all over. Don't matter how bad I messed up. 
Don't matter how many stupid mistakes and awful things I did in my life, I get to start over. It's like golf. I love golf. I'm going on a golf trip this week. Can't wait to go. And I'm just hoping that the guys I play with say, buddy, you can have a mulligan. <laughs> you know what that means? I get a do-over. And when God died on the cross, he died that all of us could have mulligans in our life. That we could have mulligans in our life. We get a do-over. We're born again. And you might think, well, how can I be born again? Like Nicodemus said, must I go back into my mother's womb? No. What we must do is believe in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and that our hope is a living hope. And it's a living hope. You see, that's how you experience this living hope, Jesus Christ. You were born again when you trust and commit yourself to the Christ's death. Hope is living and his resurrection. Hope is living, and when we are born again, that hope lives in us. Did you know that? That the Bible says that when we confess our sins and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and, and we invite God to be our Savior, by the power of the Holy Spirit, which is a person of God, his Son moves right in through the power of the Holy Spirit and the living hope that was raised from the dead now lives in me. Can you get that? That it now lives in me. So that means I have the same power living in me that raised Jesus from the dead. I have that same power. So I believe that God can raise up dead finances, dead relationships, that God can raise up dead people from the dead who are destined for hell, that he can raise us up into a new life and give us a brand new start in life. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You see, hope is living. And when we are born again, that hope lives in us. It's something for sure. It's a certainty. It's something that we can claim. We can choose hope when we cannot see because we have the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. And as Paul said, and that hope does not disappoint. That hope does not disappoint. And so when you cannot see God's hand, choose hope. And I can promise you, if you put your hope in Jesus Christ, you will never be disappointed. You will never be disappointed. I've been a Christian for a long, long time, and I can tell you I've been disappointed in myself many, many times. I've screwed up, messed up, sorry I said that word, but I can tell you this. I can tell you this. I can tell you without certainty I've never been disappointed in God. I've never been disappointed in Jesus. He has never, ever disappointed me, ever. So when you cannot see God's hand, choose hope. Choose hope. And you will never be disappointed in the living hope of Jesus Christ. You see, you must choose hope because hope doesn't come naturally. You know, it's just not in our nature to choose hope. You see, if we don't choose hope, we lose hope. Hebrews says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. You know what that says to me? That says to me when the darkest times of my life, when the storms are beating against my boat or beating against my house, that I have an anchor. And that anchor is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And as long as my life is connected to him, no matter how bad the storm gives, I can tell you this. I, my soul is safe and it is firm, and it's secure, and nothing can move me because my hope is in the living Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, and so today, if you're in a hopeless situation, choose the living hope, Jesus, and he will be your anchor. And I guarantee you there are people that can stand up right now and say, he's been my anchor when I thought all was lost and I was about ready to crash into the shore. God was my anchor, and he held me firm. You see, he will be your anchor until you see the hand of God in your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you today that you are our living hope. We thank you, Lord, that today, the week after Easter, the tomb is still empty and you're still alive. And Father, I thank you today that you have shown us great mercy. And God, you are our living hope and you are certain and you will never disappoint us. You are an anchor for our soul. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you. And there's no doubt, with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed today, so you're going through a difficult time where you feel hopeless. Will you just reach out to the living hope? Will you just hold on and trust him? Will you keep the faith? 
Will you claim a promise? Will you grab hold of some other people, believers in Christ, so they can encourage you? Will you choose Jesus every time? Maybe you're here today and you've never experienced the living hope of Jesus Christ. You've never confessed with your mouth or believed in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. You've never been born again. In other words, you never, you've never been saved from hell. You've never experienced God's mercy and his love and his grace. Well, you can experience that this morning right here in this place. And it's, it's pretty easy for us, but it costs God everything. And maybe that's you today. And you want to experience the living hope of Jesus. With all of our heads bowed, no one looking around just for a moment. If you'd pray this prayer with me, because see, this prayer is going to help you confess with your mouth, and then you believe in your heart what you prayed is true, and the Bible says we will be saved. In other words, we'll be born again, and the living hope will move into our lives. So if you pray this prayer with me, Jesus, you can pray it in your, under your breath. You say it out loud. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on a cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe that you came back to life. I believe you live. Now you pray, Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. Because we've all sinned. The Bible says we all sin. We're all in the same stinking, sinking boat. Without Jesus, we're hopeless. But we've all sinned. God, forgive me of my sins. And then you invite that living hope of Jesus Christ to live in you. you. Invite him into your life to be your savior. Just invite him right in. He'll open the door and come right on in. You open it, he'll come right on in. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, would you just thank Jesus? You just say, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you, Jesus, for not staying dead. <laughs> thank you, Jesus, for being my savior. Now, with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed and no peeking, people like to peek, don't peek. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to embarrass you. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, you say, I prayed that prayer, and I believe that Jesus has forgiven me, and I'd like for you to pray for me. Would you just raise your hand, anybody like that, that prayed that prayer today? Would you just slip up your hand and put it right back down? Just put it up right back down. Yeah, I see your hands. Anyone else? Just put your hand up right back down. I prayed that prayer with you this morning, buddy. Just raise your hand and put it right back down. Anyone else? Go on once. Go on twice. Father, thank you for the hands that were raised. Thank you for your love and grace, Lord. Thank you for the hands that may not raise, but Lord, thank you for those who received Jesus today. I pray, dear God, that you would just help them to know that they know right now, God, that you love them and that they're born again. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just minister to them, Lord, and that they would each realize today that the living hope, Jesus Christ himself, lives in their hearts. Father, we thank you for that. And we praise you, we worship you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer this morning, whether you raised your hand or not, I'd love to talk to you a minute. If you say, I ain't coming up there and talking to you, I'll be down there. And if you don't want to do that, you can walk out in the lobby and there's a little table that says, um, accepted Jesus, stop here. Okay? God bless you. We're going to worship together. Don't leave. We're not done yet. Okay? Remember last week's message, ain't over till it's over? Ain't over yet. Stand up. Let's worship together. Take
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you've done here this morning. We have been in your presence. And we're never the same when that happens. And so, Father, I thank you for speaking to hearts this morning. And God, we just lift you up. We give you glory for everything that has happened here today. We love you, Jesus, and we pray in your name. Amen. All right. Wow, what a great day. And uh, Kristen Nash, come on up here. Uh, she's our biker girl today. She's also from B101, but we won't say that today. But we'll, do, we'll put a little plug in there. Listen to her on the radio. And she's going to tell us about the trophies. Well, we had a wicked good time this morning, and I just want to thank everybody that braved that awful scary rain and made it out. Yay. So thank you for that. Um, and, you know, you, this makes me really happy. Cheryl and I uh, got asked by Buddy and Gay to do this again. It's been a long time since we did this, and we used to love it because it's like our favorite world's colliding. So, and then, you know, when you throw in free food right afterwards, it doesn't get any better. It really doesn't. So a big thanks to Buddy and Gay for making all this possible and supporting this community. Thank you, Kristen. You, you guys are the ones that brought this up. I think Colin is saying, bring you guys over here. Okay. Right? We want you right, center well, stage. Ta -da, ta -da, ta -da. Cheryl, now it's your part. No, I'm just kidding. So, you know, also I do want to really acknowledge Cheryl because she's a rock star. I'm, I'm really good at telling people what to do. So thank you, Cheryl. Okay, so this was fun. Um, we didn't have quite, we, ha we have a whole bunch of trophies, but we're just going to do the big important ones. So we're going to do best in show and people's choice. They're about equal, but the people's choice is the one that you guys all voted for, but there was a, one that came in second, and we have another nice big trophy for that one. So we want to give that trophy away, too, for best in show. So this one is, oh, this is the big one. This is, let's do best in show first, because best in show is not the one you voted for, but it's the, or the, this was number two. This one had almost as many votes, so this was cool. Oh, did I mess you up, Colin? Best in show. Okay, best in show was the Ducati. Right. Look at that. Come on up. Where are you? Where are you, man? Are you in here? There he is. Nice job. Okay, and can you guess what uh, People's Choice was? People's Choice. There it is. Beautiful. Hey, what's your name, man? Hi, I'm Jimmy. Jimmy, how fast you can go on that thing? Uh, too fast. That's, I always said Jesus doesn't want us to go that fast, so you be careful, okay? I will for sure. Thanks, thanks, Jimmy. And where's the, where's the other one? There he is right here. Ravishing Rob is here from the old school days. See, Jesus is good. Look at that. All right. And what's your name? Ed. Ed. Ed, congratulations. That's pretty sweet. Did you, uh, did you do all that work yourself? Yes, ma'am. Did you? That's impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Kristen, I want to give you one. Your Aww. bike was my favorite because I got to ride in with Adam. It's my favorite, too. And uh, look what you get. The best non-bagger. I mean, bagger. Best non-bagger. I'll take the best non-bagger. Oh, really? I don't get it. The ones What's the, baggers? See those have saddlebags on the back? Yeah. So that's a bagger bike. The one Did you guys know oh, that? Oh, I do have saddlebags. You do. See, because I rode on it. I knew her Gay bike sat on my fender. Is that <laughs> funny? I did. That's funny. I said I ride a horse bareback, and that should do it. So, well, but th yeah, thank you, you have very baggers. much. Thank you. Sh you guys, they organized this. We probably wouldn't have even done it if it hadn't been for them. So we're so thankful for you guys. Thank you so much. All right, so we've got a whole lot of food outside. We've got a band out there that's really awesome. And uh, we want you to guy, you guys to go out there, and we're going to do a blessing everybody. of the everybody. Yeah, everybody stick around uh, to eat and listen to music, and we're going to do a blessing of the bikes at some point in there. And so thanks so much for coming, you guys. Come back. We'll see you next time.